2: And we have a great day planned for you. We're talking Dynasty, we're talking IDP, and of course, we had to bring in our two experts just to get this, to handle all this information. So, starting off, we have Dr. Dynasty, John Chancey joining us. John, how is everything going with you today?
0: Everything is going good. I'm just staying healthy and staying safe.
2: Love to hear that. Love to hear that. So we've got John here. He's going to help us cover the news, of course, and he's going to do the last minute deep dive into the dynasty content, all the players you want before the season kicks off. And we also have Mr. Nee Wallace-Bruce. Nee. how is everything on your end? I'm not
3: too bad, Jack. I can't complain. We are two weeks away from the NFL season and we are in the middle of draft season. It's exciting times.
2: It is very exciting times. Lots of things happening right now. Lots of news across the league. And so we're going to kick things off with news across the league. So the Philadelphia Eagles left tackle Andre Dillard. He is out for the season with torn biceps. Luckily, the team already had longtime left tackle Jason Peters on the roster. And the reason he's on the roster is because they lost right guard Brandon Brooks. So he's out with a torn Achilles. Peters will move back to left tackle. But now they've got a massive hole on that interior offensive line. So that doesn't worry me a ton because they do have in quality in-house depth. But it's hashtag not great. So not really excited for that. Poor Carson Wentz. Cam Newton still doesn't feel like he's the team starting quarterback, despite taking all the reps. He's motivated. He's hungry. I'm all in. How do you guys feel about Cam Newton?
0: I think with the you know the news of Stidham being out for a I think you know we it. It just guarantees Newton's going to end the spot. And I think I think we're going to see some really cool stuff with Melichak and uh, Josh McDaniels in that offense this year. Stuff they haven't been able to do at all when they had Brady.
2: And it's interesting, too, because they did draft Tim Tebow all those years ago. Sorry, not they. Josh McDaniels did. So he does the prototype Cam Newton, what Tim Tebow was supposed to be. Cam Newton far exceeds that. So it is very exciting. Nee, any thoughts? Yeah, I mean, this is Cam
3: Newton's job to lose. Like uh, John said, Stidham went down in training, and he's going to be behind the eight ball now to catch up. And I cannot see the Patriots going with Brian Hoyer. I- Cam has a lot to prove this year. He's going to really be motivated, and it'll translate on the box score and in fantasy.
2: Very, very true. And we're going to stick in the AFC East, another quarterback. Josh Allen mispracticed earlier this week with a false positive on his COVID test. It says something that even his tests are inaccurate.
3: (laughs) I'm just imagining the sample with his nose swab or whatever in the test tube just being put into the rack, and then because it's got his DNA, the test tube just overshoots the rack and just falls on the ground. Oh, poor
0: guy. Brutal. I just wonder if there's any chance this could possibly, I mean, you know, uh, Allen not being on the field for any given time, does this possibly open any windows for, you know, someone like Jake Fromm to come in and, and um, you know, put his name on that job? I mean, that's that's kind of my big question. Uh, there's so many question marks with Allen in general. I feel like anytime time he's off the field and not throwing to someone like Stefan Diggs. That uh, could be bad for his potential uh, starting job.
2: I think the Bills have bought in enough that he's not at risk right now. But if anything, it does help Jake Fromm in the future. He could become that next guy the way Kirk Cousins did in back in Washington. So it's something to keep an eye on for the future. But I don't think he's going to replace Josh Allen all of a sudden. I think Josh Allen's going to have to bottom out before that happens. Good point. Good point. Uh speaking of botting him out, Nick Foles is inches ahead of Mitchell Trubisky in the quarterback competition. Uh, and so this job now belongs to Big Richard Nick. Uh, he will not look back. Where will Mitchell play in 2021? And why is the Bills why <clears throat> sorry, why is it the Bills and why is he going to compete with Josh Allen and Alex Smith? You don't be like to poor Josh Allen. <laughs> uh, Chicago Chicago is just a mess right now bills are going to be a mess in the future. And speaking of messes, Marcus Mariota is reportedly no threat to Derek Carr whatsoever, according to the Athletics Vic Taffer. You'll remember, though, that Ryan Tannehill was no threat to Marcus Mariota last year, and here we are. Uh, do we believe in Derek Carr, or do we think Marcus Mariota might steal this job at some point, John?
0: I don't think there's any chance Marcus Mariota steals his job. In fact, I think Derek Carr is one of the most underrated players in the NFL. Um, I, I think if it doesn't work out between him and John Gruden, and if they do go another way, that's good for Derek Carr. I, I can see him ending up somewhere else and making a contribution. Or um, so, But no, to answer your question, I don't really think uh, Mariota has much of a chance at all unless Carr gets injured. Um, but other than that, I think Carr, has enough. Uh, he's been in the offense long enough. He's got better weapons this year. I mean, he, was, he had a pretty good year statistically last season even though they didn't show necessarily in the win-loss total. But uh, yeah, with more weapons, I think Carl will have a pretty good
2: season. The thing with John Gruden is his favorite quarterback is always his next one. And so he already has Mariota. He's going to pretty quickly see that Derek Carr is just a better quarterback than him, and it's not going to matter really soon. So anyways, moving on from quarterbacks, we have running backs. Joe Mixon has spent two days off of practice. He's dealing with migraines reportedly, something to keep an eye on, but I'm – Not really qualified to comment on that. I don't think any of us are. Could be a blip, but it also could be tied to his contract. So keep an eye on that. Uh, We also have Derek, David Montgomery suffered a reported groin strain after slipping and falling in camp, almost certain to miss time, but this is the best case scenario. Same injury as Odell had last year, but it sounds like they're actually going to handle it properly. He's going to rehab it properly. He's going to come back fully healthy. So in the meantime, team has Tarek Cohen, Ryan Nall and Cordero Patterson, who's converting to running back. And it's really too bad. Derek, David Montgomery slimmed down to 218, only lost five pounds, but apparently lost a lot of body fat was on that Ronald Jones diet entering the NFL or he's eating a lot of fast food, not taking care of his body properly. But it happens with these young running backs, these young rookies in general. They're just not ready to be a professional athlete. They were just studying for a semester on campus. Now they're professionals being paid to take care of their body. So it it just happens. Did,
0: Did someone mention Ronald
2: Jones? Yeah, John, I was hoping we could skip past this, but I did mention the Ronald Jones. So yeah, this past week, Admitted on the pod that I've swung to your side of the fence, and I hate yes. it, but I had to do it. You're right. So I still think Daria Gubawali is the guy. He's the James White in that backfield. But Ronald Jones is the Sony Michelle, and you're right he he's gonna get those carries, right? Yes,
0: yes. I'm so glad you've come to the side of, of, of truth and justice for Ronald Jones. I'm I'm just I'm excited for the dynasty team because I kept it on my team. I think this is. his just- his chance to finally shine, even if it was in the Sony Michelle role. You know, I mean, he had a pretty productive rookie season. albeit you know, off after that. But I
1: think
0: it it never hurts to play with a team like Tom Bowie and, and and with the rest of those offensive pieces. I think he can really have a chance to shine.
2: Speaking of Sony Michelle, yeah, he at one point he was pretty productive, but at he's not anymore, and it's because he's just so broken. So he is back at practice right now, but he's not off the PUP list. Lamar Miller's still not practicing. So, tune into the last episode of the Important Nonsense podcast for a full breakdown of why you should draft Damian Harris. But the summary is it's because he's not Sony Michel or Lamar Miller. Sony Michel is broken. Lamar Miller, I don't think he matters at this point. He hasn't even taken a snap with the Patriots in practice yet. Not going to worry about that. I don't know if I should be worrying, though, about Kenyon Drake. He has been spotted in a walking boot. Cliff Kingsbury says it's precautionary, and I'm not sure I've ever heard of a precautionary walking boot, but they are expecting him to be active for Week 1. Cardinals are going to run enough plays that they can support two running backs, but just adds credence to drafting Chase Edmonds in the 10th-plus round like we've all been doing all summer. Are, are either of you guys worried? Nee? Uh Yeah, if I was Kenyon
3: Drake owner, for sure I'd be concerned, and I, I would be looking to get some coverage or trying to get a handcuff like Edmonds. But Edmonds has standalone value... On his own, I, I picked him up in the league this week and I'm a bit, a little bit excited because a walking boot is not to be sniffed at. I know Drake tried to play it off on social media saying that he had one at the start of last season but it's a walking boot. AJ Green had a walking boot and we didn't see him on the field at all last season.
2: How about you, you John? Are you worried?
0: I'm worried at all. I mean, certainly you never want to see a player in a you know, walking boot or especially a moving I But I, mean, I think I'm still optimistic about Drake having I mean, a fantastic year. In fact, in my long-term dynasty league, we had our, uh, we had our free agency Drake. And I spent my entire uh, budget on acquiring Kenyon Drake, so I really am an with him this year. I think the Cardinals are, too, at least in this kind of proven year with the transitional time. Um, but I think maybe in terms of you know fa- fantasy players should be a little more conscious, maybe this kind of addresses value, and maybe elevates Chase Edmonds. But in, in terms of the like, long-term uh, season,
2: Speaking of Drake, his former backfield mate, Kalen Bellage was reportedly waived by the Dolphins only for the Jets to actually trade for him. So they only gave up a conditional seventh-round pick. But still, that's too much for Kalen Balazs. He averaged 1.82 yards per carry last year. That was the second lowest of any running back who's had over 70 carries in NFL history. The only running back who was worse than him was Philip Sarbo in 1936. Kalen Balazs is beyond bad. Don't know why they did this. <laughs>
0: I just my the biggest question. I just don't know why the Jets hate him so much. We pay him so much money and then show him nothing but disrespect and leaving a new running backs and to, you know um, building a offensive line that can protect the asset. Um, that's my, that's my reaction. the well,
2: reaction. Well, I think the answer to your question is Adam Gase.
0: Nee, Do you do
3: you agree? No, no. I think you're about to say what I'm about to say, so I want to let you finish because you could take the words right out of my mouth. Go, go. <laughs> Oh, I I just think it's Adam
2: Gase. That's why they hate Le'Veon Bell. It's Adam Gase, and not
3: just that. I think Adam Gase likes Belage that much. <laughs> He's willing to pick him up. Maybe it's out of spite to Bell, but I think Adam Gase really likes Caleb Belage. It's his guy from Miami.
2: Oh, I know he does, but it's just oh, it's just so gross. Oh, I hate it. Uh, Speaking of things that are gross, the Titans signed Jeremy McNichols to compete with struggling rookie Darrington Evans. So kind of a murky backup backfield, but that means Derrick Henry might get 45 plus receptions this year. That's extremely exciting. So Evans reportedly been fumbling throughout camp and that has been a problem. Speaking of fumbles, that has been exactly what we're hearing about Devin Singletary. So, the athletics, Joe I reported it, and the news comes a day after that. Steve and I and Neil, we're all hyping Zach Moss on the Important Nonsense podcast. So, you love to see this. Big on Zach Moss. It's looking like Devin Singletary is trending down. Does anyone disagree, or are we all in on the Zach Moss hype trade?
0: I'm all in on, yeah, I couldn't
2: agree more. Thank you, John. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Another talented running back, Nick Chubb, is out of the concussion protocol. I know, knee, you were thinking that this might be the opening for Kareem Hunt. Looks like that door has pretty quickly slammed shut.
3: It was good while it, it last for Mr. Hunt, but back to the Chubb
2: train. I mean, at this point, the Bears could be looking for a running back, looking to trade for him. So, I don't know. We'll see. But, yeah, it is Nick Chubb's backfield. Backfield we're less certain on, though. Dar- Darrell Henderson has missed some time with a hamstring injury. In- Ah, A hamstring injury, and the optimism is he'll be back for week one, and he's rehabbing on the field already. Should we be worried about Darrell Henderson or this Rams backfield in general, John?
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, for one, I think it it deflates any kind of hype that Henderson has. I mean, there was hype for him coming in last season, you know, thinking that maybe he would be the guy that fills in for Tom Durley. It that really manifest itself, but um, some, I think I predict, you know, it's going to be some kind of committee effort, probably split primarily between Acres and, and Brian. and because of that, I really just want to be a part of that. Um, and I think an effect, even though they have a same predictive year in terms of what DVOA, um, they're on the decline, May and we're on the ascension.
3: Yeah, look, um, I haven't seen any improvements to the Rams O-line since Roger Safold was trained to the Titans, and it impacted their running back play last season, and I don't see why that's gonna change this season. So until something happens on that front, I'm not interested in the Rams backfield.
2: You hate to see it. It really is painful because it was such a gold mine for fantasy production a couple just two years ago, honestly. And now it's really taken out the decline because, like you said, they got rid of Roger Saffold and the rest of the offensive line has started to decline in play. You do hate to see it. And you also hate to see the, the Raiders sign Theo Riddick. Are the Raiders ever going to give Josh Jacobs targets ever? I think they will, but this it hurts. This hurts a lot.
0: Yeah, that's really disappointing because you, you, you feel like the going to come in and, and compete, you know, for that pass-catching third down back row, and, and I'm saying Jacobs is the one who needs to be on the field more often than me, and so that, that is uh, really peculiar to me as well.
2: So I'm kind of hoping that they realize that Josh Jacobs is the guy, he's the lead back and he's going to run the show and that they the backups are all going to be complimentary pieces. So they've got Lynn Bowden, they've got Jalen Rashard they've now got Theo Riddick and they've got Devontae Booker. So they're all complimentary pass catchers because they're just that compliment and Jacobs being the every down back. So that's my only hope is they're having these guys just in case is I, I don't know. I re- I'm really hopeful Josh Jacobs does get the load. I think he deserves it, but it is sketching me out a little bit. Is there any other running backs you want to talk about? Yeah, um,
3: there's one I want to talk about. It has nothing to do with the fact that I drafted him in the PFFCL that's run by uh, the great Steve Bonham. Actually, okay, maybe it does. It's Todd Gurley. He was seen wearing a compression sleeve on one of his legs in training camp in the last week or so. So the question is, is this precautionary given his injury history or is it time to start looking at Quadri Allison, and Brian Hill as um, significant fantasy producers in Atlanta?
2: So... Gurley is getting hyped up by O.C. Dirk Coder as he's getting anywhere from 15 to 25 touches a game. So Gurley is going to see between 240 and 400 carries this season. So thanks, Dirk. Really tells us what his role is going to be. I personally am not too worried because this is just the kind of thing you see with a running back with knee issues. They're going to be careful. He's still only 25, though, and we've only seen Gurley miss one game per year for the last two seasons so as long as he's in the lineup I think he is going to be that lead back he is going to get the rock so I'm not too worried especially Quadre Olson. he's not relevant at all Brian Hill and Edo Smith maybe but I don't know John how about you
0: so much disrespect for the judge Edo Smith no I'm kidding um if I were going to go you know Gurley's one of those players I don't as a philosophy, don't really subscribe to handcuffing all that much, but I is a player. I probably would want to have his handcuff. And, and if I was trying to guess where most of those carries would go in the event that Gurley misses time. And even though you said he hasn't you know, missed a whole lot of time uh, over the last couple of years, but if that were to happen, I would probably lean more heavily into Brian Hill than, than the other options available.
2: Very true. Do we have any other questions about running backs before we pivot off them knee?
0: Yeah, uh, I, I've got a
3: question. Um, is this the season where we finally see the season of love? Now that Darius Guys has been released by the DC Riveras, could this be a platoon with AP that would create Love All Day? That would be a bad pun. I uh got myself out, but no. Bryce Love and AP? I feel it.
2: Uh, I'm not feeling that pun at all. And I'm not feeling that combo either. So Bryce Love is currently working with the second team and third team offense and Antonio Gibson's been mixing in with the first team. He's mostly with the second team, but he has been mixing in with the first. So it really does look like Bryce Love is competing with Peyton Barber for a roster spot. They've been splitting that second, third team work. So I think it's more of a competition to make the roster more than anything. I think this is Adrian Peterson's backfield with Antonio Gibson sprinkling in a little bit on the side, John, how do you see this sprinkling out?
0: I see, and I think Peterson walks you know, into the game as the favorite, but you know his invitations and past camp team, I think, will open up the door for you know players like Antonio Gibson. And I think, yeah, I think they're pretty, probably you know smart, but it's probably going to be a who makes that You know, camps get down to final So, a whole lot of stuff about those guys. but I think Peterson and Antonio Gibson are at least, at least interesting. As potential draft candidates or late round candidates, I would, I suppose.
2: That's an ugly backfield in general. So we're going to move on from the running backs at this point. Move on to wide receivers. So we've got Tyrell Williams. He's dealing with a torn labrum in his shoulder. He says he's going to attempt to play through it. But this is a matter of when, not if Williams is going to need surgery. It's going to happen at some point. So I'm taking him completely off my board in fantasy. I want nothing to do with him. This will lock Brian Edwards into the starting X role. Henry Ruggs is going to be the Z. and Hunter Renfro is going to be in the slot. Trey Lance is going to have some weapons next year. Hey, John?
0: Yeah, I at training. I like that. I like that. But I, I'm kind of wondering though. I know, I know he's listed as a running back, but I, I feel like any injury to an offensive player for the Raiders opens up a potential door for Lynn Bowden Jr. The guy is just such a gadget player. Whether he's playing in the backfield, playing in a wide, playing in the slot, wherever. Um, I just feel like although like, it isn't going to directly give him a chance, but you know any opportunity you can get that guy in the field, I think is is going to be fun to watch and potentially uh, somebody you might to pick up as like a lottery ticket player uh, in dynasty perhaps or you know maybe, maybe we'll pick picking the down labors later than, uh, in the
2: season oh i absolutely love lynn bowden he's such a fun and exciting player and the more touches for him the better honestly we could even see him playing a little bit of quarterback running some read option absolutely love that idea it's actually gonna be a pretty electric offense down in uh, las vegas this year there's gonna be no fans there but it's gonna be exciting to see anyways Uh, So we also have A.J. Green back to practice after missing time with a hamstring injury, which is exciting to see, although we are a little bit skeptical on A.J. Green at this point because it's been so many injury issues with him. Uh, Speaking of injury issues, Deontay Johnson has missed at least five days. I think we're up to six or seven now of practice with a calf injury. In the meantime, we've seen James Washington ball out. We've seen Chase Claypool ball out. So are we starting to get worried about Deontay Johnson? And is he overpriced at this point? Um. Look, I was on the
3: bandwagon for the hype starter. I got into the Deontay Johnson game last season. I think his ADP might be a little bit high now, but I'm not concerned um, for the future. I still think that he's going to um, meet those expectations that we had towards the end of last season. His ADP might come down a little bit um, before the season starts, but he's still the name that I want to watch in that, um,
2: that receiving corner in Pittsburgh. There's so much upside with him, but at the same point, it is a split receiver room. We don't know how things are going to shake out. And more importantly, it all revolves around Ben Roethlisberger's health. Speaking of health, Mike Williams is week to week in LA with a shoulder sprain. So fifth round rookie receiver Joe Reed is getting time with the running backs with the Chargers. So this could mean he's headed for a Ty Montgomery kind of hybrid role down the line. I think now is the time to invest in Kate J. Hill and Dynasty. John, do you agree with me?
0: Yeah, definitely. let like, say KJ yeah. Hill, or you want yeah. to even maybe take a long shot and play like Jalen Gunton as a potential. you know, I've missed any significant time uh, injury. Um, I also think you know conversely, it's point time to sell some like Williams stuff if you can. Um, you know, with the new quarterback in town, uh, with some you know some injury you know injury concerns, um, I would try to maybe shop
2: him while his stock is you know uh, or before potentially. And it is important to remember that Mike Williams is going to be a free agent at the end of the season as well. So they really could be looking at a completely new wide receiver court down in L.A. with Justin Herbert taking the wheel. Could be Joe Joe Reed, could be K.J. Hill, could be Jalen Guyton, like you said. Another receiver that's struggling to kill Harry. He sat out three days of practice and then he was one of five on his first day back. Julian Edelman kind of hinted he's not working hard enough. But then the next day after all that happened, caught two touchdowns from Cam Newton. So is this growing pains from the young man or is it a bad sign of things to come for his career? Knee.
3: Um, look, it's it might just be growing pains. I mean, he had a long layoff from injury. He's got a new person throwing um, passes to him. So it might just be a rapport thing early on in the piece for him. I, would, I still think he, he has a role to play in New England. Another name to watch for the New England receivers is Gunner. I'm going to call him Gunner O for the time being until I get his pronunciation right, but I think you know who I'm referring to. I'm hearing good reports from the beat riders out there, and the offensive coordinator team seems to be um, on board with Gunner O as a receiver.
2: Gunnar Olszewski is his name, and yes, the staff in New England absolutely loves him. So the other day, Josh McDaniel was talking about how Julian Edelman is different from Wes Welker because he's not a slot receiver. He is best as a slot receiver, but he can play outside. And it sounds like New England thinks that Gunnar Olszewski can be that same type of player. Play in the slot, play outside, do everything for them. So I think that he is a name to watch down the line. A name to watch down the line in John's mind: Omar Bayless. He's going to have knee surgery, and sounded like he could be out for a couple of months. And it ended up going as well as possible. He had some uh, some loose cartilage taken away in his knee. He'll only be out about two weeks. He might be back in time for the season, and he might make this roster. John, is Omar coming?
0: Yo, yo, Omar's coming next year. Next year, put him on your put him on your uh, topsy squad. Uh, this dude was a touchdown machine in college. I know mean, the injury is, is 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 really devastating to hear. Well not devastating, but it's bad to But I think uh, given how I'm just crazy this offseason season is anyways, you know, maybe a year to sit and come forward and help you could know, end being a good thing. Sort of a silver lining. So I'm still not giving that. Um, you know, obviously, i didn't draft him in a draft. I mean, obviously, he's not going to play this year. And, and obviously, I'm going to be just trying to get more waivers. But, I mean, I still am going to keep my staff for now.
2: Keeping that candle lit for Omar Bayless. We're also keeping that candle lit for Debo Samuel. He will not practice this week, and it's looking more and more likely that he will miss week one. However, there is a slight hope of this happening. Uh, we missed this, glossed over this in the running back news. Kyle Juszczyk he is a fullback, so he's now week to week with a hamstring injury. And Brandon Ayuk is also dealing with a hamstring injury, and it's severe enough that the team signed River Craycraft and former first rounder Kevin White. I'm not worried about either of those two. They also they released former Seahawks receiver Jeron Brown. It looks like the Week One starters are going to be Kendrick Bourne, Trent Taylor, and Dante Pettis. So, are we now in on Dante Pettis again?
0: Unfortunately, uh, yeah. I think I think this is no. This is just my luck. I recently, I cut down in my longtime dynasty league. I had to part ways with Dante Pettis. I was holding on to his stock as long as I could, but I had to make some pretty, uh, pretty steep cuts. He was one of the first people to let go. So my feeling is, you know, this is the year that he finally is going to break out and karma will kind of uh, bite me in the ass on that one. He has shown some flashes, you know, in in his rookie season, I think the last five games of the year, he showed some really, uh, you know, some promise, um, but just really was unable to translate on the field the next season. I mean, he wasn't even in the active roster for the Super Bowl and he is kind him of on the bubble of the roster right now. So, I mean, the question for, for uh, you know, Pettis is what more motivation do you need? I mean, the, the job is kind of yours to take. So, I you know, with this opportunity, you would you would like to think that this could be his uh, opportunity to, to make it happen.
2: Yeah, see, I think you were right for cutting Dante Pettis from your roster. However, it's unfortunate because he is suddenly relevant again. And I don't think he should be, but he is. Denzel Mims is currently out and not practicing with a hamstring strain, which now has Chris Hogan in the starting lineup of the Jets' offense. Press F to pay respect for Sam Darnold. D. Westbrook is dealing with a shoulder injury that he dealt with almost all of last season, and he only missed one game with it. But this looks like it's a carryover from last year, and Westbrook's going to re- need to look really sharp. And why is that, knee? Yeah,
3: look, um, LaVisca Stenault is going to be he's right in the mix. He's going to have more time spent with the mustache, with Gardner Minshew, He's literally looking over Westbrook's injured shoulder, and if DeeDee's not careful, he could supplant him as the, the guy at uh, slot in the slot for Jacksonville.
2: could take over in the slot, and I really do think he could take over on the outside and replace Chris Conley as well. He is just that talented. Speaking of talented, the Cincinnati Bengals receiver core is talented now that they do have J- A.J. Green back at practice. T. Higgins has also made his practice debut. John Ross is back with the team. But it's a lot of question marks because of this murky health. So who are you looking at instead, Nee? I am looking at
3: one audit hate. One thing to consider, particularly in Dynasty, is that Cincinnati did not pick up John Ross's fifth-year option. They declined it. So I guess he has to prove himself if they want to keep him around. But uh, I would take a long look at Auden Tate if I have space for him on my, my dynasty roster.
2: Auden Tate is a baller, contested catch monster. He is dealing with a minor stress fracture, which further solidifies Kenny Stills as the wide receiver four. And it can also lead to some playing time from fifth-round rookie Isaiah Coulter. He's out of Rhode Island. It ran a 4-4-5 at two, 198 pounds. So real deal, lots of deep threats in Houston. Exciting offense to watch this season. No matter how many people get hurt, they just have another speedy deep threat to come up and replace them. Another team that does have a a limitless options is Tight ends in the Buccaneers' offense. O.J. Howard is leading the team in snaps so far, so he could be another 18th round value in best ball. Gronk might be going too high at this point because of that fact. Jack Doyle is also sidelined with a neck injury. And finally, we get to some kicker news. I know neither of you care because you should eliminate kickers from your fantasy roster. Justin Rohrwasser has been erratic with his kicks thanks to an injury. Patriots have now brought in Nick Folk. Folk was 16-19 in eight games last year. Eight of eight in his Final Four. So New England has a new kicker that could be exciting whatever move on and we're going to move on to a break because i'm sick of talking about kickers and we need to hear from mr steve bonham
1: support for the important nonsense podcast is brought to you by manscaped who is the best in men's below the belt grooming manscaped offers precision engineered tools for your family jewels they obsess over their technology developments to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience hey guys it's steve it's summertime. The temperature is turning up out there, and you know when the heat is turned up, your undercarriage needs to be cleaned up. That's why Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. The Manscaped engineering team spent 18 months perfecting the greatest ball hair trimmer ever created, and just released the new and improved Lawnmower 3.0. Their third generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce manscaping accidents thanks to Manscaped's advanced skin safe technology. Now when I tell you this is premium, I mean it is premium. The battery will last up to 90 minutes so you can take a longer shave, take your time, you don't want any accidents down there. And the water resistant technology allows you to even groom in the shower. One of the coolest features is the LED light which illuminates your grooming area. For a closer, more precise trim. They've also upgraded to a 7,000 RPM motor with quiet stroke technology. Let's not forget about the charging stand, people. You want to show off that mower loud and proud because this intelligently designed stand is a convenient charging dock powered by USB. Look, if you're listening to me speak right now, I want you to experience this firsthand for yourself. Just head over to manscaped.com and use promo code nonsense. That's N-O-N-S-E-N-S-E. You'll get 20% off plus free shipping. One more time, that code is nonsense at manscaped.com to get your 20% off and free shipping today.
2: All right, thank you for that, Steve. And we're back and we're ready to talk some of Nee's favorite topic. It's IDP time. f f f So we're going to start things off with MVPs of IDP, the linebackers. So Giants linebacker David Mayo is out with a torn meniscus six to eight weeks. Who is going to break out in his stead?
3: Yeah, look, um, that's really unfortunate for David Mayo just off the bat because he played really well down the stretch last season for the Giants. And this this just adds to the opportunity that Blake Martinez is walking into. I had the pleasure of talking to a former Giants linebacker in... um, Kyle Banks, he was part of the Big Blue Wrecking Crew, and he's been in and around the Giants training camp, and he's told me that Martinez is looking good, and um, Andre Card is also looking good as well, but it seems like Martinez will be the alpha in that linebacking. So if I'm playing IDP, he's the guy that I want to pick up, because I would say there's 100 to 120 tackles
2: that are just waiting for Martinez to scoop up. This kind of also opens the door for another player that I like, Ryan Conley out of Wisconsin, 6'2", 245 pounds, that the Giants took last year in the fifth round. And, Nee, you're big on his t- former teammate, TJ Edwards. Tell them us about him and the Philadelphia Eagles linebacking core.
3: Yeah, um, Jack, look, this week, or sorry, this month, Jatavis Brown, the presumptive Eagles middle linebacker, shocked the world a little bit by announcing his retirement from the NFL. So that opens up the opportunity for TJ Edwards to come in and i think edwards he can pick up the role and perform as a regular um starter in that position but we should also take a look at davion taylor so if you're in an idp league that's dynasty as well davion taylor was the guy they drafted this year and he's a guy that i would consider picking up for the
2: future also could be looking at nigel bradham returning to the philadelphia eagles he was a starter with the team during their super bowl run the weird thing about that, though, is that he was trashing the team recently. He said that now that he's with the Saints, it's nice to be with a team with a winning culture, even though he won a Super Bowl two years ago with the Eagles. So I don't know about that. But with him being recently released by the Saints, now DeMario Davis is the guy there, but could this open up the door to see more out of Alex Anzalone or rookie third-rounder Zach Bond, another Wisconsin stud?ney
3: Yeah, Yeah, um, I heard a lot of good things about Zach Bond in the lead-up to the draft. and. Yeah, you, you're definitely right there. Um, Demario Davis is probably the, the the main guy, but I wouldn't be surprised if Bourne comes through as well with
2: some extra um, snap time during the season. Keep an eye on those young players. Speaking of young players, Mack Wilson is looking to avoid knee surgery. He was going to be a young, promising linebacker for the Cleveland Browns. Team signed Super Bowl MVP Malcolm Smith to fill in. And it looks like Wilson is... It's going to be Wilson, it's going to be Smith, and third rounder from last year, Sion Taki on the inside. But Takitaki is pretty interesting. He was uh, kind of an off-ball edge hybrid while he was playing at BYU. 61 pressures and nine sacks in his final two seasons at BYU. So he's got some of that Joe Schobert in him, in him, has the potential to be a long-term success story in Cleveland. Rounding out the linebackers, though, we have some personal news because we're talking about the CFL. And with the CFL being cancelled, all contracts are voided. NFL teams are now open to signing these players. And one of them is linebacker Nate Holly, signed with Miami. Holly was CFL's most outstanding rookie last year. 78 tackles, a sack, and an interception with the Calgary Stan Peters. E, what do you think about this? I think it's exciting news for
3: Mr. Hawley. Um, look, just touching on the CFL, off the um, for our listeners that may not be aware, the, the CFL has been shut down for the 2020 season because the Canadian government has um, has not given approval for a lot of the American players to come across, and there are concerns about how the league would be able to function even if that was possible in terms of preventing the virus and whatnot. So while that has occurred, there are opportunities for a number of these American-based players to compete for roster spots in the NFL, particularly the COVID-IR. Um, being a thing, the injury reserved for coronavirus infections. And it it reminds me of when Duke Williams, the Buffalo wide receiver, he'd come from the CFL, and he made a name at the Bills and made noise in fantasy. Another name from the CFL is the presumptive Rams kicker for this year and the Grey Cup winner, Liram Harulahu. He's, He's also in line to be fantasy relevant because unlike you, Jack and John, I still believe in kickers. But enough about kicker talk. Going back to Mr. Holly. In terms of IDP, I'm going to say no for this season in terms of can he be, uh, have an impact. But Brian Flores is reshaping that defense and it, it is being remade in the eyes of in the, uh, the vision of the Patriots, how that used to be with a very fluid, match specific scheme. So I wouldn't be surprised if Holly features in some games. So he's definitely a name to watch,
2: no doubt. It just goes back to what you've said recently on the podcast is it's such a weird scheme. Certain players just have certain fits depending on the week. So I imagine the Dolphins are another team you're avoiding in IDP just like the Patriots. Moving on to the defensive line, we have a mess at defensive end. So we've got Nick Bosa week-to-week with a muscle strain. Danell Hunter has missed nine straight practices, and we we don't know what's wrong with him. We haven't been told. It's, we've All we know is it's a minor tweak. We don't know of what. Chase Young has missed a couple practices with a hip flexor. Eagles edge Derek Barnett is week-to-week with an ankle sprain. And then when we move to the D tackles, we've got Javon Hargrave, who's out with a minor pec strain. And the Big news is Cowboys lost big free agent signing Gerald McCoy to a ruptured quad. So mess on the defensive line. Me, John, what are you guys doing on the defensive line in IDP? Well, just in
3: terms of Dallas, uh, I think this is a prime opportunity for Neville Gallimore and Bradley Nay, Guys, they drafted this year at defensive tackle and defensive end, uh, respectively. They could be more involved. Also, the free agent pick up Everson Griffin. He's most likely to immediately... Um, pick up the vacated fantasy production that McCoy was going to provide. Dallas will be a productive fantasy defense. If you still play with DSTs like I do in fantasy, I think they're a sneaky pickup.
0: Yeah, I, can, I can totally agree that uh, the Dallas call. Even though they lose Jay McCoy, they are still loaded on the defensive line. They're loaded up. you get got Everson Griffin there. you get got Dan Moore coming in the rookie, as a rookie. And going uh, to forget Alvin Smith. I think this just opens up more of a day. Elden Smith to make his comeback. I'm really, really excited. Maybe it's from a qualitative storytelling standpoint, uh, Elden Smith um, to you know, make a comeback. But you know, and also you can never go wrong with you know, you know the you know, Sooner LA to kind of make some make some moves this year too. So it'll be interesting to see how to kind of.
2: Like, I was waiting like, for that, John. Oh, I was yeah. waiting for you to start hyping up Boomer Sooner Neville Gallimore. And this is a fun <laughs> fact. We can all enjoy Neville Gallimore's career He's because not right? only. He is also Canadian. He's from Ottawa and he's a Sooner. So we can all agree on that. Big ups for Neville Gallimore. Sucks about the rest of this defensive line class. That's really struggling through training camp. Hopefully they're healthy for the season. Uh, Speaking of defensive line, Aaron Donald is taking snaps at defensive end. This goes back to what knee was telling us earlier. We want those defensive tackles that play on the outside that rush the passer that get those sacks. Those are the guys we want. Any final thoughts on the defensive line before we move on?
3: Yeah, look, um, just looking at the Jacksonville Jaguars, there's been a couple more unexpected retirements in Aaron Lynch and Rodney Gunter. So they've retired for separate reasons. And this leaves Josh Allen, who was drafted last year, not the, not the quarterback. The, there's a defensive end called Josh Allen the good in Jacksonville. One. <laughs> and uh, he is accurate. And he he's is, actually good. Yeah, he, he knows where to find the target, no doubt, when it comes to hitting the quarterback. So he's going to be one to pick up a defensive end. And defensive tackle Taven Bryan, he's been in the league for his... I think this is his third, going on fourth year now. He's a name, These are names that I would want to um, be looking at in IDP because they're going to pick up the slack in Jacksonville at defensive end and defensive tackle, respectively,
2: on what could be a very busy defense. Very busy defense, indeed. Now moving on to the defensive backs, there's a couple backfields that are looking a little bit busy right now. Brown's second-round rookie... Grant Delpit out of LSU. He's torn his Achilles. So that leaves former Raider Carl Joseph, Andrew Sandeo, and Sheldrick Redwine competing. And, I don't know, Cleveland's defense could be looking a lot worse this year. They don't really have a safety. And that could be good for the offense. So I don't don't know about the defensive side, me, but good for the offense.
3: Yeah, um, look, I've I've always been a believer in Carl Joseph. Even when he was drafted by Oakland in 2017, he was he had a lot of injuries, a lot of injuries. So we didn't really get to see signs of him, what he can do. But I feel like when he was on the field, he did produce. And I think they're going to put him straight into that strong safety role. And he was a first rounder. So
2: this is his best opportunity to redeem himself in a new situation in Cleveland. Fair point, fair point. Speaking of injuries, Giants' second round safety from Alabama, Xavier McKinney, suffered a Jones fracture that will keep him out 10 to 12 weeks. Same injury that Debo Samuel suffered. In happier news, though, Cardinal safety Buddha Baker signed a four-year, $59 million extension, making him the highest-paid safety in the league. So is Buda someone we want to invest heavily in an IDP knee? If you can get him, yes.
3: <laughs> he's always one of the first few safeties to go off the board, but um, that, that price comes with production. And it's an interesting stat. Buddha Baker has never managed to pick up an interception in his career to this point. So that tells you immediately what he's doing on the field. He's a tackle machine. He goes and gets it. For sure, if you can get him, go get him. You just might have to pay for it. Another thing to consider is when players get these big contracts, they often want to show that they're worth what they got paid. Aaron Donald is someone that comes to mind, so he might be
2: playing at an even higher level in 2020. Uh, The important tip to keep an eye on uh, some more unfortunate news: The Ravens released Earl Thomas and Knee. I know you're a big Chuck Clark fan. He and Earl Thomas got into it on the practice field earlier, earlier this week, and the team released him. So Deshaun Elliott is the player that the Ravens are looking to play instead. We're also hearing Jimmy Smith might play at safety in certain looks. So what is the fallout of this Knee? Do we want? Are we looking at any of these young guys in the Ravens' offense? And where is Earl Thomas going to go? And is he going to take a spot from another young IDP player?
3: Yeah, I'm sticking to my Chuck Clark love, Jack. I think he eats, he's going to eat with or without Thomas around him. I think he'll he'll be more in the spotlight now. They've still got Marcus Peters and Marlon Humphrey on the edges. So it's still going to be a formidable defense. In terms of where Ms. Thomas ends up, I mean, it could be Dallas, where there's a lot of cap space freed up after the McClay release. There's Houston, where his brother is. Um, Well, <laughs> no. <laughs> that would be Eric Reed, who is um, Justin Reed's brother, but we won't. Houston, we're looking at <laughs> Earl Thomas. Just know that. There is a spot for Earl Thomas in Houston if he wants it and if uh, Houston wanted to pick him up. And also San Francisco. Uh, Richard Sherman and the defensive coordinator Robert Saleh were with him in Seattle. Plus, there's that revenge narrative. He can go to a division where he can face Seattle twice a season and get back at that team that he seems he feels did them wrong. So I
2: feel that like they're all in the mix for his services. It's a very interesting situation to monitor. Speaking of the 49ers, they lost their slot cornerback Kwan Williams for two to three weeks with a strained calf. So he played 59% of the snaps last season. So in essence, he is a starter. And the 49ers host the Cardinals week one. So with slot men Christian Kirk and Larry Fitzgerald, they might see a bump while Haw- Hopkins faces primarily Richard Sherman on the outside. That's something to look forward to. Nii, uh, any thoughts on the 49ers before we get out of the IDP section? Please get help in the secondary. This is how Pat Mahomes torched us in the Super
3: Bowl. I'm a forty nine ers fan. It was the way they went after a killer with with a spoon was it was it was not nice to watch as a as a fan. They they went after him early and often we need help in the secondary. And I've heard good things about that Thomas guy, so go talk
2: to his management if you have to. Uh, I'm so sorry to hear that, but high hopes from New Wall Spruce, everyone. Uh, with that, we are wrapping up our IDP section, and so we're going to kick it back to Steve. Thank you for that. So this has been the weirdest offseason in recent NFL history, if not all time. So it's left us unable to watch all these summer highlights, and usually that really rises the rises in ADP for some of these rookies. And, and it, Over the last couple of weeks, it started to happen now that people are in training camp. We're less than two weeks away from Chiefs Texans, so we've only got a little bit of time left before these guys' value absolutely explodes. So we've got John here to break down whose dynasty stock is trending up, who you need to jump ship on before it's too late. So we're going to start off with an easy one for John. I know I've asked you this before, and I'm no, I probably know your first answer anyways. But the world has changed over, over the summer, so let's reassess anyways. Rank the f- six first-round rookie ride, wide receivers in Dynasty. So we've got Henry Ruggs, Jerry Judy, C.D. Lamb, who I'm imagining is number one for you. Of course he is. Uh, and then Rager, Jefferson, and Ayuk.
0: I'm here to uh the set a little bit. I'm actually going to put Rager as my uh, number one. I just think his situation What? I'm giving up
2: kid. on
0: CD Lamb. I don't know. Couldn't, couldn't don't Don't put it on the ground. Let me say he got the best situation. I don't trust the two receivers that I don't know. I don't trust Ashawn Jackson. I don't, I don't trust Ashawn Jeffrey anymore. So I think Roger has just a chance to come in and dominate uh, and, and lead, possibly lead the Eagles in tournaments right now. And, and I think C.D. Lamb has the most talent probably the main receiver in this draft class, but the fact that he's going to come out and play next to Michael, you know, getting up and Michael Cooper, you know, he could in so his fantasy production, could put a ceiling in his production, even though he may be the best receiver. Um, I think Jerry Judy's talent, just to let alone his is, his, uh, his, I think, his, I think, and I think I at the, as in the three. I think Rams, was kind of lower that at the start of the half season, I actually think I'm moving up more of and him playing more, um, I think, is really exciting for me. And then I uh, have Jefferson five, which pains me to say because I really love uh, Jefferson too, I think just um, on the offense but he's at Minnesota. Just teams to twelve personnel, and so. If Jefferson isn't the wide receiver too, which has a reason that it's B.B. Jefferson, um, you know, it could limit him off when he's on the field. And then Luke, it uh, was probably worse on him coming into the season to begin with, but the injury concerns sort of add to that. So uh, that's that's middle six for, for Noah.
2: Wow. So that was hot. Uh, I'm Sorry, I'm just in shock right now. So if you... Are even willing to put someone above CD Lamb in Dynasty? Maybe I have to reevaluate my priors because I am a massive Jalen Rager fan. So if you're going to put him above CD Lamb, the biggest CD Lamb fan in the world, I might have to do it too. Uh, let, give me some time to process this because this is a lot of information to take in from you, John. Nee, how do you rank these receivers?
3: Yeah, look, I'm still a believer in CD Lamb. I feel like mm-hmm. um, Jerry Jones, he misses Des Bryant but doesn't want to admit it. It's like you know, your friend who breaks up with someone and then they meet someone else who has the exact same attributes as the ex. I feel like CD Lamb is that guy in Dallas. Um, I think I went there, I went there, (laughs) but after him, it's Jerry Judy for me. I mean, we're hearing reports that veterans are coming up to him in training camp in Denver and they're asking him for technique tips. That just shows. That advanced advances a receiver. He's not just a, your average rookie. He's coming in. He's, he's coming in, into a role. And he's going to eat for multiple seasons in NFL. I'll probably say after that, Jalen Regor. I know that there's concerns over Carson Wentz. But I think that it doesn't even matter who's throwing him with the ball. Jalen Regor is a talent. And number four, it's going to be Brandon Ayuk. I had higher hopes for him before he got injured. But I'm still on the Ayuk train. And hopefully he recovers and can get back to the... The potential that we saw in Incan mean, because I have, I think he um, is the guy Kyle Shanahan believes in, and he can be a focal point in the wide receiver core in San Francisco. Five, I would probably go with Van Jefferson. I've just got some concerns about the outlook in the Rams' offense going forward. And Jefferson he, or Justin short... Jefferson?
2: <laughs> putting, are you putting Ju- <laughs> are you putting Van Jefferson ahead of Justin Jefferson uh, and ahead of Henry I, Ruggs? or? I do like Van Jefferson.
3: I do like Van Jefferson. So yes, I'm planning my flag on him. My only wow. con- my only concern is the coaching situation. If if Sean McVay is out at the end of the year, that could change things. But yes, I'm planning my flag on Van Jefferson. Van and then, Jefferson
2: ahead of the first round receivers. Wow. All right.
3: <laughs> and then Henry Ruggs. He's obviously had that significant injury before training camp, but he still has I still feel that he has something to give. To the Raiders
2: in Las Vegas all right wow so another mind-blowing take from mr. new Wallace Ruth. we are coming in hot with these rookie takes so here I'm gonna try and clean it up a little bit so I've still got lamb at number one for now maybe I do have to evaluate it but he was an elite prospect goes to Dallas Jerry Jones forces him to take 88 he's in love with him so he's gonna be the number one receiver in dynasty and Dallas' wide receiver one by the end of 2021 at the latest. But I'm now I've bumped Rager up to two instead of three. I've bumped him ahead of he- Jerry Judy because he's going to be force-fed targets from Carson Wentz. I think, he, and like you said, Alshon Jeffrey, Deshaun Jackson, really not a whole lot of threat there. Excited about Jalen Rager and everything from training camp is he is just dominating. After that, I am going to put Henry Ruggs at three only because John Gruden is crazy and he is going to feed Henry Ruggs targets. Whereas when we go to Denver, we have Jerry Judy as my number four receiver in this category. And the problem with him is he's already playing with an alpha in Cortland Sutton. Cortland Sutton is going to lead the team in targets this year, next year, probably the year after that, because he's just an alpha. So that's the only reason I can't have Jerry Judy ahead of Henry Ruggs for now until we see Henry Ruggs not get that target share. And then I'm going to put Justin Jefferson at number five. I do like him as a talent quite a bit, but it is that Vikings low-paced offense. And then Iuk, I'm going to put way at the bottom because, yeah, another low-paced offense. Throwing Michael Pittman in there as well, I think it's a great class for wide receivers. Moving on to the running backs, though, in this dynasty class. So, the champagne pottle is already being popped on Clyde Edwards Hilaire and for Jonathan Taylor. So, Clyde Edwards Hilaire going in the early first. Jonathan Taylor just keeps creeping higher and higher. So, I won't ask you who's 101. We've been through this enough. But, who is the next running back whose ADP is about to spike, John?
0: I agree. And he's a Dylan here, aka like Jonathan Taylor. He's one of my personal favorites in the draft. Because I just think yeah, maybe not this year, but next year, he has a really good shot to be the young question. Of what he won. In, in green Valley, um but if you're kind of looking for more immediate impact, I think, uh, swift i think um, you know he comes he walks into detroit um easily the best by, you know, i mean he's he kills kills, is saying you know about jay swift and camp so i think you can have instant impact there potentially um uh, for acres this year or you know I think as a player, he's fine, but I just don't like that situation in ever. I think the offensive line is, is getting worse, um, and I think the offense is going kind to of stab So, yeah, we're going to to long-term swift if you're looking for more immediate.
2: Honestly, uh, I'm kind of disappointed in myself, but I don't blame myself either because I, I think I repressed the fact that you were an AJ Dillon truther, the fact that you have compared him to Jonathan Taylor physically. So yeah, I think I repressed that. I understand why you put AJ Dillon as the top back. I disagree, but we're going to move on to Nene. Nee. do you agree with John or do you agree with me that it is not AJ Dillon? No,
3: I'm AJ Dillon truther
2: as well. So I hate no!
3: to exactly. I am not. Yes. <laughs> Bring it home, Nee. Age, ah. All the way with AJ. I mean, Aaron Jones will be out of town potentially next year. Jamal Williams, they said that his receiving chops have improved, but that doesn't make him a, a potential starter compared to AJ Dillon. The, the pathway has been cleared for him in Green Bay. And with, with their the, um, leaning towards a run this year with Matt LaFleur's offense, sky's the limit. I think another guy to look at is DeAndre Swift. I I know that Carreon Johnson is there, but it seems like Detroit Detroit are keen to give this guy a go, and it could be a
2: swift rise for DeAndre (pun intended). Okay, you know what? I liked that pun. I don't know if it's because it supports what I'm about to say, but I did like that pun. So you're one for one on puns today, Nee. But yes, it is DeAndre Swift. It's not AJ Dillon, Matt Lafleur when he had Derek Henry. And Deion Lewis, he put them in 145, 145 carry split. So at best, we're looking at a split for AJ Dillon, which is why it's not him. It's DeAndre Swift all the way. Auto pick in the fifth round and redraft right now. And so we're looking at Carryon Johnson as the incumbent, and he's wearing the biggest knee brace you have ever seen. And he's supposed to be healthy, and he's still wearing this knee brace. So Carryon's already said he can't do the same things as DeAndre Swift physically. I believe the quote is he can't shaky Dake like him. I, I don't know what that means, but it means DeAndre Swift is the man, and so as Jason and I hit on last week, the Lions also drafted Jason Huntley to compete with Ty Johnson as the change of pace satellite back. Signed Jonathan Williams, and they have Bo Scarborough back. So they really don't believe in carry on Johnson, and DeAndre Swift is the next Alvin Kamara type elite receiver. He had more receptions than Nick Chubb and Sony Michelle combined when they were seniors at Georgia, and he was a freshman. DeAndre Swift is going to swiftly rise. Thank you for that, knee. I am going to use that often now. Anyways, enough about my love for DeAndre Swift. We're going to move on to some other prospects that we love. Day three, which is fourth round, fifth round, sixth round, seventh round, and UDFAs. Who do we like best, John?
0: Uh, for running back, day three running backs, I've, I've been you know on this hype train all season or all off season long. I'm really a big fan of Joshua Kelly out of the Chargers. Ooh. Yeah, there we go. Uh, UCLA guy is a home hometown kid. Um, I think he he walks into that team, even though you know he's drafted in day three. He walks in one of the biggest, fastest players on the team. And I think at some point that's going to they're gonna have to pull him on the field. He's only getting left with the first team, which is always a good sign. And so don't be surprised if you see George Kennedy chilling uh, with on a sheet sooner than later. Well, really I, hold,
2: on, hold on i mean is he really a day three pick too? because he, he was like really early in the fourth round so like borderline day three he almost has that day two draft capital so yeah, yeah. josh kelly all the way sorry to cut no, you off there no
0: you're fine i think the hope is worth it I, I really do and i think he i'm not saying he's gonna take the job for Eckler, but i think he's gonna get some touches and you know over time he could end up being the guy who knows um, at wide receiver, I'm not sure if it's just because I was I was rewatching the Rose Bowl from last year and doing some some film coverage for PFF, but I watched a lot of Cortez And Of all the pros that are in that game, Oregon versus Wisconsin last year, Quintez Cephas was the one who jumped off the page to me the most. And then doing some good things from camp. I mean, Jones isn't getting any younger, so I'm not saying he's going to make an impact early this year. But he's a guy that would definitely have a stash on the taxi squad. And, and really, I can
2: see some good things coming for him. Absolutely love that. Completely fantastic, John. Great way to end the show with your final take. So we've got Joshua Kelly, fantastic player. And all reports to believe, after training camp, Anthony Lynn's saying he's got to be on special teams to make the roster. Maybe he'll be active on game day via special teams. And then like two weeks later, it's, oh yeah, he's getting first team reps. Like He's just dominated. Really excited about him. and. With your point on Cephas, he's kind of that Anquan Bolden physical slot type. Detroit had Anquan Bolden for a while, so they're going to love him. Eventually, he's going to usurp playing time from Danny Amendola. Nee, how about you? Are you in on the Joshua Kelly hype train with us, or is there anyone else you like?
3: Yeah, um, just, yeah. I think Josh Kelly, um, he has an opportunity to, to make waves in L.A. I also like uh, Quint Cephas, and he, with Marvin Jones potentially leaving Detroit at the end of the year... He can potentially um, take targets from him as well uh, going forward in the future. I also like Quez Watkins. So out in Philadelphia, you got Deshaun Jackson, and he's coming coming towards the end of the line. I feel like Quez Watkins is primed for an opportunity in the future out in Philly.
2: Ooh, I love that Quez Watkins take. So that was going to feed into what I was about to say. So in Philadelphia, we have both John Hightower. So he went two picks after Cephas in the fifth round. We've got Quez Watkins. He went in the sixth round. So we've got 6'2", 189 pounds from Hightower. Runs a four-four-three coming out of Boise State. Best comparable to Darius Slayton on pro- player profiles. So we really like him because we really like Darius Slayton. He's got that speed. Meanwhile, we've got Quez Watkins. He's six foot, 185 pounds, but he runs a four-three-five out of Southern Miss. So guy absolutely blazes, but that's why he fell to the sixth, though, is he went to Southern Miss. So, yeah, very excited about both these players. And the thing is, yeah, like you said, Deshaun Jackson gets hurt. The offense is still electric. They still have those threats that we were missing last year really excited about this Philadelphia offense even though they did lose some offensive linemen and as for running back give me Jamichael Hasty out of San Francisco 49ers smaller back at 5'8" 205 but he runs a 44 or 455 that's all right out of Baylor but the thing with him is he is an electric receiver so he caught 25 balls three years in a row very exciting prospect out of Baylor in that west or that spread system that's the thing with the 49ers is they love to interchange those running backs. They have have roles for all of them. Tevin Coleman. Yes, he's the starter, but we also have, sorry, Raheem Mostert is technically the starter. Tevin Coleman is going to be the actual starter because Raheem Mostert didn't start a single game last season. It's a mess back there, and now we've got you, Michael Hasty, and he has an 87th percentile burst score on player profiler. Absolutely electric, explosive, so don't be surprised if he's the next UDFA running back to take that role in the San Francisco backfield. Anyways, John, we are going to kick it to you for our final thoughts. So who are your favorite players that are being undervalued heading into the offseason, or heading into the season?
0: Well, I think I think his name was mentioned earlier in this podcast, but I'm I'm hearing more good things about Damian Harris, second year playing out of Alabama. You know, A. Kelly, the running university. They just keep putting out guys who can play in the NFL. Um, Harris didn't get a whole lot of touches or much of anything last season, but I think with with injuries in the backfield, you know, you mentioned Lamar Miller. You know, getting any snaps yet? Yeah, and Sonny Machado, obviously hurt. I think it opened up at the door. Uh, for Damian Harris, and maybe as the primary, obviously, not the pass catching back well that James White has, but I really like Harris getting some other love this year. You know, um, as far as redraft, and even in Dynasty, I think it's all adding to his value, but JK Dobbins just looked phenomenal in camp. And so I'll just, I know he, I mean, that's kind of a choppy answer, but I think if you're, I think it all really adds to his hype, so you might even take him earlier in redraft. Um, but I think, you know, he, he's not in that discussion of easily should be in the top two or three picks in Dynasty if he isn't already. Um, wide receiver, to really like Miss, uh, Missy Johnson a lot. Um, obviously, Stephon Diggs is no longer with the Minnesota Vikings, and Johnson um, is taking the snaps as the number two wide receiver, and it's really important just becoming pretty much 12 personnel Minnesota runs um, compared to the rest of the league, and so being one or two receivers in the field has, has a lot of value, I think, even if the team is somewhat run heavy. Ah, and then Scotty Miller, I'm really hyped on Scotty Miller. I think I wrote about him in an article last year, and uh, on the dynasty reports. But now I'm even more excited because, you know, he he, he showed some moments last year playing with Jameis Winston, but he's you know, she's probably playing with Tom Brady this year, uh, and he's you know, I mean, and playing in so many other pass catchers, he's never uh, he's only going to see single coverage. And I mean, if this is a chance to get a breakout season for Miller, this has to be it.
2: Absolutely love all of those takes. Absolutely fire. So to recap, we have Damian Harris, who's about to take over as the true running back one. James White, yes, he's the fantasy running back one. Damian Harris is about to take over as the true running back one in New England. Absolute investment guy. J.K. Dobbins is about to take over as the lead running back in Baltimore over from Mark Ingram. Absolute invest now. We have Ola B.C. Johnson. Yep, co sign that as well. Yes, we do have Adam Thielen there. We also have Justin Jefferson. But as John said, Ola Johnson is operating as wide receiver, two. Keep an eye out on that. And my favorite, personally, Scotty Miller. He is going to operate as that wide receiver three in Tampa Bay. And as we saw from Rashad Perryman last year, that is a role that is primed for success. I wish it was going to be Tyler Johnson, but he's been hurt. He hasn't been practicing with the team. So he's kind of fallen behind the eight ball as a rookie in that offense. So great job, John! Phenomenal. It's been a pleasure as always. So why don't you tell the people where they they can find you and say goodbye to your adoring fans?
0: Yeah, for sure. You can find me on Instagram at OKC uh, and then dynasty PhD on Twitter. Um, yeah, follow me there, and uh, just stay safe and and be good
2: a a pleasure as always from dr dynasty uh we're gonna kick it over to knee knee any parting awards for your adoring fans and make sure that you can tell them where they can hit you up
3: yeah look as always just wash your hands wear a mask and be good to each other um you can find me on instagram at the real nwb there's some interesting cool content coming out and some some nice interviews coming up with some nfl players if uh, you want to hear about players guys that used to play the game so
2: stay tuned Stay tuned indeed. Follow us along at importantnonsense.com. Make sure you're following us over at NonsenseFF over on Instagram and Twitter. I've been your host, Jack Cavanaugh. You can find me over at Javanaugh87 on all of the socials. Thank you for joining us. Don't forget to leave a five-star review if you've enjoyed us. And if you haven't enjoyed us today, I'm very sorry for that. Probably my fault because these two have been absolutely fantastic. So as always, don't forget to keep up the nonsense.
0: Music for this podcast is provided by Lee Rosevier. I'm Tim Kitzer from NBA Jam and NFL Blitz and you can find all the guys at importantnonsense.com. Kaboom!